We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested what is up welcome to the uncontested podcast kind of a post-game edition coming to you live from youtube twitter facebook on sunday october 24th after the thunder have lost to the philadelphia 76ers 115 to 103 i'm your host for the evening jacob niffin we've got the man making the magic happen jd silva here tonight hello We've got Justin. Hello, everybody. And joining us as well, Taylor Peterson. I mean, I just wish that Shay looked like he wanted to be here. Um, you know, uh, I, I just think that it's disgraceful what the Thunder are doing and that uh, the NBA should force Shay to be traded to fill in the blank favorite team of mine. There you go. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network in the official podcast of SI Thunder. Make sure you go check out all their post-game write-ups, articles, as our own J.D. Silva writes over there, as well as our own Nick Crane, who uh, isn't on the podcast. Where you at, Nick? Nick, <laughs> right sleep in. Sounds, yeah, <laughs> yeah sleep in. So, Sunday night live stream, boys. We will get into some around the association. We will talk some big Thunder themes. Might even bust out the tank meter. First Ooh, week, yeah. first week Bring of the season back. tank meter. But first, we do need to uh, talk about the game that just happened. The Thunder lose their third game of the season, 0-3 on the year, to the Philadelphia 76ers, 115-103. to Justin, this one, first game of the season that was enjoyable. Indeed. I enjoyed myself. Um, can't say as much for the first two games. Uh, there were tiny, tiny moments in the first games. There was a little bit here and there, but tonight they got down 
big early and it felt like deja vu. And then they made a run. They came back and it was like, oh, okay, this feels like last season. This feels familiar. Uh, the, the, oh, I almost said the peak, the Paycom Center was hopping. Uh, the the half full Paycom Center. Yeah, I was about might to say. Be generous, <laughs> but it was hopping. Um, the players seem to be into it, and then you blink, and the Thunder are down by like fifteen again. And it's like, okay, this is cool. I'm I'm into it. Yeah, it was. I was at the peak, not the peak, the Paycom Center. <laughs> See, tonight, <laughs> you did it gonna, even after he mentioned it. It's gonna take a while. <laughs> the peak. I was at it the will. Paycom Center tonight. Um, not very full, but uh, a little rowdy, a little fun. Yep. Um, there was definitely moments where there was like a palpable energy in that arena, specifically Lou Dort checks back in into the fourth quarter, uh, guards lamps on Furcon Corkmaz, best name in the league, Birkin Corkmaz, Birkin Corkmaz. And I mean, I tweeted it from the account. Lou looked like a feral animal that hasn't eaten in two weeks. <laughs> I mean, he just went after raw meat. Poor old Corkmaz went from having Teo Maladone on him and cooking <laughs> to having Lou Dort like basically just up his ass. It was incredible. That that stretch of defense. And it was capped off by a Lou Dort dunk kind of on Joel Embiid. Close enough. Close it, enough. Absolutely man. close enough. And it, not it, to get us a- not to get a super off topic here. But my God, Darius Baisley, bro! About four <laughs> minutes into the game, that man caught a pass and said, "You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna <laughs> slam I'm gonna one on Joel, Joel Embiid." And he effed around, and he definitely found out. Bitch, you guessed it. Like he got thrown <laughs> onto the ground. It was ugly. But we mentioned it was a fun game. Silva, Taylor, what were some positives that you took away from this? And what were some things that just immediate, like instant reactions you can take away from this game? Uh, Shea broke out of his uh, little miniature yes. two-game slump. Like, I, yes. it was so good to see him just like being this Shea that we saw all last season. Oh, I don't um, know, Silva. Uh, I heard on Twitter.com that he just wasn't trying because his team's tanking. Yeah, I'm waiting on the day uh, Shea <laughs> tweets, I don't want to be here. I don't uh, want to. That's coming pretty soon. He was soon. just in a hair salon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shea, Shea finished a uh, nine of nineteen, uh, twenty nine points. He was a uh, plus one on the night, which uh, says a lot. I think uh, mm-hmm. he played thirty nine minutes. Most on the team looks great, honestly. Um, super fun. Yeah, eight assists, six rebounds for Shea, a steal, a block. The only eyesore on the stat line for him one of six from three point line. The one he got to go was one of those beautiful sidestep threes, mm, but he still hasn't quite step. found the rhythm yet. Once yep. he gets that going. I mean, if he hits, you know, three of six from three tonight, that ends up being 11 of 19 for 35 points. And we're really like eye popping at that stat line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was nice to see Shea really get it going and not, not only get it going Silva, but I mean, he really worked over Matisse Teibel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A One of the fantastic perimeter league. defender. Yeah. Yeah. It was multiple now, possessions in a row where they just ISOed at the top and Shea said, don't mind if I do. Now, Jacob, something that we've been talking about, and, and specifically I think you and I um, t- even talked about from Friday's post game. we were live from Prairie, um, SGA not getting to the free throw line. That, that's something we wanted to see him improve on last season. Um, he did that. He did improve, but we, didn't, we haven't really seen a lot of that aggression to Silva's point, you know, 
heading into or throughout the, the early part of this season. Tonight, he gets to the line 12 times. He's 10 and 12 from the floor. Or sorry, I, um, he was 10 to 12 from the free throw line. Uh, got to the line, I guess that'd be what, six times. But still, much more aggressive from SGA against a, a very impressive uh, interior presence that the Sixers have. And I thought that was just fantastic to, fantastic to, to see. And not to completely uh, change the player or the topic here, but I think a lot of that um, is because the floor opened up for him some. We have a player like Josh Giddy doing what he was doing, right? Um, he was continuing to drive to the rim, was able to create, uh, absorb contact, and and really kind of uh, attack that that paint presence that I mentioned that Philly has, um, as well as bringing in vets like Mike Muscala and, and Kenny Hustle, who are able to knock down threes and and open up the floor. But I think a lot of that contributed say, to SGA and and uh, Giddy being able to to penetrate. I was going to yeah. say Muskie really opened up the floor for a stretch there for OKC because he pulled Embiid out of the middle of the lane, mm-hmm. which opened things up, let Shea get, get to the basket a lot easier. Um, you see how how easy OKC can make some of those types of adjustments. Like the other night when Muskie came in and what did he have, like nine points in just a few minutes or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Like they put these guys in, they change the game. It kind of gives you this little tease of what this team could look like if they were structuring things differently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. which is like, that's the silver lining. If you're, if you're getting kind of demoralized by the game results, which you shouldn't take a breath. Um, but if you are, those types of moments can, can be a breath of fresh air that that can be a moment where you start to see like, okay, what they're aiming to achieve on the floor is been has been very intentionally designed the rotations they're playing have been very intentionally designed and the design is not necessarily to win basketball games that's as like gently as i can put it so i tweeted Um, this out an hour ago it it was right after the (laughs) then the game it's almost spot on with what you're saying justin um if the thunder have a true center and specifically what we've seen from the past two seasons they likely either win this game or they're losing in the last couple of possessions. Um, and that's all by design from Sam Presti. SGA can go off, Giddy can exceed expectations, and a lot of times it won't really matter this season. Just think if Thunder can land a top three pick this following draft. Um, because I think what we saw tonight is there are some true building blocks on this team, which we already knew, but it's fun to see that so early in the season. And the guys that we've mentioned so far, SGA, Lou, Giddy. Um, obviously guys like Baisley had flashes, but have been asked to do quite a bit. Um, JRE, I thought came in and gave some really great minutes. Like there are some, some fun things with this team, but to your point, Justin, when you don't have that interior presence (laughs) and that's by design, um, that allows, and we've been talking about this all throughout the preseason, right? But that allows guys like Shea, uh, Mm -hmm. to, to go off and giddy to exceed expectations. And against these good teams, you're still going to lose those games and you're not going to find yourself with like a six through 10 pick this upcoming draft, you're much more likely than the one through five. And this rebuild is a lot shorter than it potentially could be. Before we dive a little bit more into the, the idea of having the, a lack of paint protection, lack of a big man, Justin, just, just tell me a little bit about Josh Giddy tonight. <laughs> Josh Giddy uh, looks like he belongs. Josh Giddy looks like a playmaker. Josh Giddy looks like he had a lot of fun playing in front of fans in Oklahoma City. Josh Giddy was fired uh, up. Looked like he almost died when oh Joel God. Embiid sent him into the stanchion. <laughs> I and legit- I was about 
I was I very to worried. Drive to Oklahoma City and try to fist fight Joel Embiid, which would be <laughs> top five worst decision you could make. But I was ready. I love you. You would have um, had a, a better we would have had a few players on the court tonight. <laughs> uh, but Josh Giddy is is awesome. Um, he mentioned tonight. I caught a little bit of some of the post game comments. And he mentioned, you know, he was maybe trying to play a little too fast in the first couple games as he got used to the speed of the NBA. And he's just trying to to settle in a little bit. I think the floater is real nice. If the floater can yes. keep developing, he said that's something he's been working on. If that can continue to develop, that makes him so much more dangerous, yeah. especially where Popular when the shot days. when the shots hit and miss, if he has that floater. He's he's going to be real fun. Um, the floater is beautiful. I'll tell you what surprised me about him, and I'm interested if you if you think the same thing, Justin. His defense has been, can I say, good? Yeah. Oh yeah. Better than yeah, what I thought been, it would be. It's absolutely been good. Like Agreed. there were some possessions tonight where he was on Danny Green and like stayed on the ground, didn't bite for pump fakes, was very active, yep. moved his hands a lot. Like yeah, yeah, surprisingly disciplined. Mm-hmm. And really good stuff from size, a nineteen-year-old, right? Able to utilize his size much better than a lot of the rookies we've seen over the this season and the past season with OKC. I think the play that stands out to me the most, Jacob, from a defensive standpoint, maybe just because it was more of a highlight. But um, Giddy drives down uh, one possession. He he's able to have one of those very. Well, he wasn't a floater. He was actually able to finish um, finish out the rim. Very next possession, Sixers are driving and they're pushing the ball pretty quickly. Um, you can't really say transition because it was a made basket, but Giddy goes down low in the paint. He's a sole defender in the paint. I can't remember who drove there. Giddy essentially is able to strip the ball, throws it up to a Baisley. Baisley throws it to somebody, um, and the Sixers have to foul. I think Seth Curry fouled because it was a um, a clear path foul. Otherwise, it would have led to a wide-open transition points for OKC. Like that effort from Giddy, I love. And it's not just on the defensive end, Jacob. Like I see it on the offensive end as well. One thing that I've always wanted some of the Thunder players to do um, outside of Russell Westbrook <laughs> in the past, and even in this newest era, like SGA, Lou Dort, others, follow your shot. And I know there's coaches who say, like, don't do that because they want you to get back on defense, depending on where you're at. But Josh Giddy, it seems to me that as soon as that shot goes up, whether he's making it or not, he's under the basket. Like there was a play tonight where it was like one on four. <laughs> Josh Giddy's the only uh, Thunder rebounder down low fighting for that ball, and he still almost gets it. Yeah. And I just think that effort on both ends of the floor is going to lead to success. Um, but I he's, think that also drives his his defensive game. He surprised me a lot with his activity on the glass as well. He's not afraid to get in there, mix it up, get physical, and and go get some rebounds. There was, I know this sounds really stupid, but there was a play tonight where like he got fouled, I think, by Tyrese Maxey. And Maxi reached his hand in, like try to slap the ball away, and Giddy like flipped his arm and like shoved. It, it was very Russ-ish, but I was just like, I like that. Like, get pissed off. Just, just be. I'm, I don't even know what the the right word for that is. Yeah, get fired up. Show a little passion. Like, I, I agree with you heart. entirely. Show some heart. Just, just be an asshole. You know mm. what I loved is like one of those plays there in the second half. Um, Giddy like, kind of did that. He had some like big time play and you know, he's very reserved for as young as he is, but he gets to the line. I think it was an and one. I think he finished through contact. One of those plays where he finished through contact goes up to the line. They show him about to shoot the free throw. He kind of looks over at somebody and smirks a little bit. Oh my like, hell. Yeah. Oh, I love the, <laughs> yeah. was it Shay that kicked out to Giddy for his soul three of the night? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. he hit it and he like held the three up high in the air and was kind of <laughs> jawing a little bit. Like, 
he's a gamer dude like he Absolutely. he's not one of these like i'm gonna be polite and sit back like it would have been perfect if after Embiid fell on him i don't know if they showed it on the broadcast but Embiid walked up to him and uh like you know, like kind of said like, Hey, yeah. I'm sorry. And like patted him on the head. If Josh <laughs> would have like slapped him away <laughs> and like flipped him the bird, that would have been incredible. Well, and, and something else too. Um, I want to say it was JG, JD Brown. Um, I, I thought you were going to say it was JG Wentworth. Not him, but yeah, fair. Um, he was, fair, he, he was, he was there at the game was watching and it was one of those runs. And again, it's kind of a theme, right? But where the quote unquote bench unit comes in, and the Sixers go on a run. One thing Daydon did do tonight is he kept one of Shea or Giddy or typically a starter in with like four other bench players, but didn't really work well regardless. Um, but it was one of those, uh, one of, sometime in the second half where Giddy was the sole starter with uh, four bench players. And, you know, the Sixers go on a run. Might have been that when they got up like 18 there in like the, was it the beginning of the fourth or end of the third? Regardless, uh, Giddy comes off and is just pissed off on the sidelines and like, that's what you love to see. He's competitive. He's he, he wants to win. And um, I love seeing that from him. Yep. Silva, the lineups tonight, kind of interesting. Baisley plays 32. We'll talk about Baisley in a second. Mm-hmm. Dort 37, Shea 39, Giddy 34 minutes. I like all of those, but tonight favors 19 minutes. Uh, Muscala got a lot of burn 16 minutes. Kenrich got a lot of burn. Teo 13 minutes. Trey man, only 10 Mm-hmm. Poku only seven, no Isaiah uh, Isaiah Roby at all. Yeah, and man, Ty Jerome has been tied up, bound and gagged, and thrown at the bottom of the well. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Uh, upset, dude. Okay, so I'm about to toss it to you, and I don't want to talk a lot no. because I want you to get Good. the opportunity. But Ty Jerome can't get minutes while while Teo Maladone goes zero of two in 13 minutes, two rebounds. One turnover, one personal foul, and nothing else. Somehow a minus sixteen. Worst on the team. Worst on the team. And but Ty can't get off the bench. Okay, I'm sorry, Silva. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about the way the rotations have kind of um, fallen into place? Do you think tonight was just special because of the team they were playing? Do you think this is kind of what they're looking at? Uh, specifically, I want to know about the limited minutes for Poku and Trey Mann. Yeah, uh, the Poku minutes, I, I do hope. So I know our lineups are going to be changing a lot throughout the season. I know especially our, our bigs are going to be rotating in and out all the time. Uh, Poku, though, I do hope he gets, on average, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game rather than six. Uh, a big thing with, with him is just finding consistency when he's out there. Um, a lot of times we see, like, wild plays from the guy. And I, only only playing six minutes, I don't know. Like, if he, if he keeps playing six minutes a game, and I'd have to go back and look at how many he played in the first two, but... I do wonder if uh, Poku ends up playing for the blue sometime just to get mm-hmm. playing time if he's so, not getting it now. To that point, the little bit of post game I caught, they asked yep. Ignault about the rotations and he they asked specifically about Poku, Poku's minutes. And his answer was really interesting because the very first thing he said, well, okay, I take it back. The very first thing he said was it wasn't anything Poku did like, we're just trying to do some things, get some of those young guys miles on the car. I think we're going to get people to the blue eventually. But he said that wasn't yeah, specific so goes, to Poku, but it wouldn't be surprising to see Poku play. Sorry, this is from Joe Masato, though, Coleman. He, um, yeah, so we're, we're going to get people to the blue eventually. But then, like to Justin's point, he clarified, said that's not specific to Poku, but that yeah, it was almost like a he, you know, fruity and slip. Like he unprompted, 
said, our roster is going to look or our rotations are going to look a lot different once the G League starts up. Yeah. Interesting. And then was like, oh, yeah, but that's not just about Poku. But like, oh. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's about well, Poku and Trey, man. And good news for us. We'll be at some G League games this year. We'll have front row seats to keep you guys covered for if Poku's there, if Trey yes. Mann is there, if Teo Maladone is there, <laughs> Ty Jerome ends up down there. See if you can grab Teo for an interview. If if Ty Jerome gets down there, I'm going to be like that uh, that meme video of the guy yelling at the cat in the building. I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to get you out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something I kind of like a lot is uh, Isaiah Roby, zero minutes. Oh, interesting. I, I, to I'll, me, I'll, I'm, I'm interested if that is a product of who they played tonight. Yeah. Um, yes. They they threw Jeremiah Robinson Earl in there for a very short amount of time on Joel Embiid, and then they mm-hmm. said, even for a tanking on. team, this is a bad plan. Yep. And so they got Muscala in there. And I thought Muscala actually guarded Embiid, like yep. not great, but yeah. but fine. Oh. Yeah. You know, better than like favors, arguably. Yeah. Oh, favors has been not great. Tough. B- bad is a is not the right word because it's mm-hmm. not favorable. Unfavorable. There you go. I love it. I love it. There you go. Well, I just think that Dignant's juggling uh, a lot of balls when it comes to all the different players that he has at his disposal. And to his point, I think he is looking forward to like the G League starting up and, and not having to like feel like he has to, you know, there's always going to be an odd man out right now without the Julie yep. going on tonight was Roby. That's probably not going to be the case as we saw, you know, for example, against Houston, Roby starts um, because it was a younger team they were playing against. I do think it was matchup based, um, but it does surprise me. Like I thought Ty Jerome, uh, one of the, that, that first game was just kind of the odd man out and he'd be rotated in again. Unfortunately to Jacob's point, it does kind of seem like he's out of, yeah, it's a, out of favor it's a theme now. Um, before we wrap up talking about this game, because we want to get on to some other stuff, I would be remiss to not mention some stats from the Philadelphia side. Uh, big thing tonight is Philly shoots 41% from three in comparison to the Thunder's 25%. Uh, Philly, outscores the Thunder, Philly outscores the Thunder by 27 points by the three-point line. Uh, there's your game right there. Yep. But specifically, Seth Curry, 9 of 15 from the field, 7 of 10 from three for 28 points. You let a, 20, any, 23 any, of those in the first quarter, right? Yeah, they actually yeah. put a lid on him Good after point. that. Yep. But I was I was at the game with my dad tonight, and I was telling him, and we were kind of diagnosing it. In that first quarter, Philly just ran the same action over and over and over and over again. Put Embiid on the right block. The Thunder bring help. Curry rotates around to the opposite corner. Embiid swings the ball, swing, swing to an open Curry in the corner for a shot. And once he gets in a rhythm, if someone has the last name Curry, I don't care if it's Steph, I don't care if it's Seth, I don't care if it's Dell, you don't let them get in a rhythm because <laughs> once they get the rhythm, you're in trouble. And so it's like I was hoping you were going to go mean. Aisha. Me Seth, too. Death, I don't care. <laughs> but he, Curry. yeah, Seth was, was very good tonight. Um, I don't think a whole lot of other stuff to take away from from the Sixers. I mean, Joel Embiid feasted uh, 22, 9, and 6. A great line it's for not him. as bad as I thought it could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tobias Harris, 14, 9, and 5. I thought specifically, if they wanted to, Tobias could have got Baisley underneath the basket every time. I mean, Baisley yep, just could not hold 
Tobias at all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, nothing really else really jumped out at me from the Sixers standpoint. Uh, but when we're looking at the Thunder tank, this is kind of the game you want, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very firmly secures a loss, but it's entertaining. You get to see a lot of positive flashes. It's kind competitive, of competitive, like, and kind you of see a lot of growth. Game. You see a yeah. lot of growth from your own guys. Yeah, absolutely. Optimistic loss for sure. Definitely. The Houston loss, not super optimistic. Yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> so, so let's pan out a little bit away from this game and look at the season in total so far, the whole three games. Justin, what are some some bigger themes you're taking away so far? Um, some things that you've learned about this team three games in now uh, and with a couple of high-profile ones coming up with Golden State and the, the Lakers Ooh. next on the docket. What are some things you've learned through the first three? The first thing I've learned is that uh, everyone needs to chill. It's been three games, um, whether that's overreactions by the win-loss record, by number of minutes someone's getting or not getting. Hi, Jerome, Jacob. Um, <laughs> hey, Poku, Giddy, <laughs> take your pick. Somebody's not happy about minutes, about somebody. Or Mash whether you, it be Mash national you. media, but getting like personally right. offended by the thunders all of it tactics. all of it needs to tap the brakes outside of that that feels like uh, that feels like a given basketball yep. related uh the one thing that has kind of stood out to me is shay and giddy trying to feel each other out a bit it's a bit mm-hmm. awkward them two on the court um they're both great players but they're not gelling super well and that's to be expected shay played 20-ish games last year Giddy's a rookie coming from Australia. They're both kind of, I mean, Shay is maybe a little more used to sharing the ball, but Giddy kind of a little more ball dominant. Like, I don't know. There, there's going to be a, a feeling out period. And we're seeing that play out on the court. Yeah. I think once they figure it out, when they figure it out, it should be a lot of fun, but right now it's a little rough. I love that point. And that's something that I've had. Uh, that was one of my, I think, season predictions or like what keys to the key questions we had heading into the season. Uh, we definitely have seen that, especially these first couple of games. Tonight was apparent as well. I think of like a, a play in the second quarter where um, Giddy actually got the ball. I want to say it was in, tra- in transition. He kind of dribbles over to the right wing. He's driving to the rim. And then you see Shea kind of trail him, not really sure what to do. He ends up kind of crowding him and like right behind him in the three-point line and just it ended up, you know, his defender ends up helping on Giddy. Just wasn't a great situation. However, I then think about, I believe this play was in the fourth quarter. I can't remember exactly. I actually, uh, Jacob, you brought it up a little bit ago. It was Giddy Soul three, where Che does penetrate. He before he even like put the ball on the ground, he knew where Giddy was at. Sorry, before he even started his drive, he knew where Giddy was at. Kicked out to him from three. Giddy knew where to be. Giddy knocks down the three. That's the beautiful chemistry you want from them. But uh, somebody brought up a good point to me on Twitter, and we kind of talked about this some, I think, preseason as well amongst all of us. But it would be cool to see Dagnall run a little more between the two of them. Like, Giddy's a big dude. Mm-hmm. We've seen him use his size and strength as we talked about. Why not set like send him up, set a pick for Shea? Do a little pick and pop, a little uh, little pick and roll with them, see, see what could happen out of that. I would like to see some, some offense ran through both of them together to kind of help with that chemistry a little bit. Silva, any big things from the first two games jump or the first three games? Apologies, yeah. jump out to you. 
Yeah, I haven't really seen anything from Baisley at this point to give me like optimism about the direction he's headed. It's just been three games, of course, but it kind of seems like he doesn't really know what his role is. Uh, like whenever he gets the ball, uh, he doesn't really mesh super well, I don't think, at this point. Whenever he gets the ball, it's kind of just Darius on, on the court. Um, maybe moving forward, he can he can start to shoot a little bit better from three and kind of mesh more with the rest of the team. Uh, but I've seen just seeing a lot of a singular play from from Baisley at this point and nothing with like really great efficiency to make up for that. So uh, we'll see three games. I'm sure we'll uh, play a little bit better moving forward, but it's tough. It's tough I think he's, so he's looked maybe a little more decisive. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's yep. the right word, but uh, so. like going for it over Joel Embiid, that's yeah. quite a decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, there's times there were times in the past couple years where he just looked totally unsure of what to do like he'd get the ball and he wouldn't make the right decision he would second guess what he was about to do and hesitate and then either you know make the wrong pass or make the wrong decision to go to the basket it, he's seeming like he's making a a quicker decision this year um still not always the right decision but i like seeing that versus feeling like i'm watching him process and think through things while he's playing so if that can continue i think that's a positive yeah i felt like the first two games that decisiveness wasn't really there there was a lot of ball stopping with him mm-hmm. um silva i definitely see where you're coming at from the Baisley stuff part of me wants to give it the benefit of the doubt right now um yeah. the the offense has looked majority in shambles uh, they're still trying to find a, a continuity and a chemistry together, and Baisley is part of that. But I see, like tonight, I saw a lot of Baisley gets a rebound, Baisley dribbles down the court, Baisley doesn't pass it, Baisley does a few moves, Baisley drives to the basket, mm-hmm. and then Baisley kicks to somebody or tries to shoot like a pull-up. And it's just like, almost like you said, like he doesn't know where he fits in, and so he's just trying to force the issue a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... I feel pretty strongly that Darius Baisley isn't going to be like a bucket getter for this team. Uh, His ceiling is going to be like a role player for this team, but he doesn't know how to fill that role yet. So he's just trying to take his turn at at doing something and not settling in and being like a play finisher. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Cause we talked a lot in the off season about, how massive of a season this is for Darius Baisley for his future with, Contract with this year. franchise mm-hmm. and maybe for his future in the league. Right. Um, biggest takeaway for me from the first three games, the, we, we mentioned this a little bit ago and we're kind of coming full circle to it now, but the lack of interior presence, we all knew they were going to have a lack of an interior presence, but I think, I don't think we understood the significance <laughs> of that. <laughs> Like this team filled every time there there was tonight, there was some really solid defensive possessions, especially in that fourth quarter where I was like, wow, they're like rotating, they're hedging, they're getting back. The helper uh, is getting help from somewhere else. They're, they're getting back out to shooters. But then every time a shot goes up by the defense and it misses, it feels like the thunder are just in a flat out fist fight to try to get a rebound every single time, you know, like, they played good perimeter defense, but they just, they can't secure a rebound because they don't have a lot of size. Uh, they don't have a big body that can box out. 
They don't have a guy that deters people from getting to the basket. They don't have that physical presence. Like being a rim protector doesn't mean you have to block a lot of shots at the rim. Being a rim protector just means you are an anchor kind of underneath the basket deterring other guys. I think this team could legitimately be pretty good if they had Steven Adams on the roster. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But they just don't have anybody like that. And we knew that, but I don't think we knew how big of an impact that would have. Like, we can see really impressive stuff from this team, but they're going to struggle really really largely. They're going to have mighty struggles to win games when it's it's a dogfight to get every rebound that comes off the glass. Jacob, I think you cut out earlier when uh, when I mentioned this, but I had a tweet that was pretty much the same exact thing that you said uh, post-game, basically saying that, like, thinking back to a year ago, two years ago, a game like tonight is either a win or a game lost in the final possessions. And that's mm-hmm. because of the lack of interior presence. Um, and that's by design by Presti, because it doesn't necessarily matter if Shea goes off like he did tonight or like he did last season. It doesn't really matter if Giddy exceeds expectations. None of that, the way the team's designed, they're going to lose games like they did tonight, which is going mm-hmm. to help them eventually land a top three pick compared to a six through 10 pick. Now, what's interesting is we've also seen the offense kind of opened up tonight when there's driving lanes for Shea and Giddy, when you have a right. big like Muscala in there. So how do you get a big that kind of matches the timeline and has a very high ceiling that can be aggressive at protecting the rim, but has a skill set that can pick and pop? And Chet Holmgren sitting right got there. Mobley. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, wish I mean, we could have gotten Evan Mobley yeah, so bad. I mean, Evan Mobley's great, but I mean, Chet, Chero, Holmgren, maybe. Chet Holmgren is that guy. Like Chet Holmgren tries to block everything within a five-mile radius of the basket. Yeah, yeah. He's got that point. skill to pop out, to handle the ball a little bit. Like, I'm on record. I love Paulo Banchero a lot, but Chet just fits everything that I feel like this Thunder team is building towards. Yep. I worry about his size some, but the skills there yeah, that he, I'm not sure he can get matters. there. He can get yeah. there. Worrying about the girth, the girth, <laughs> the thickness. Gross. Zilla, do you have a have a thick sounder? Like please, I've got. Please a say no. For the do I have please a say thick no. sounder? Please say no. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Uh, um, guys, have has your opinion on any of the young guys changed a little bit over the past week? Is there something where where you you've shifted a little bit? And I guess I can kick us off on this one. I'm a lot higher on Trey Mann right now than I was in the preseason. Yeah, it's a good the one. Kid, the kid, I did not expect him to be able to stay in front of anyone defensively, and he's done that. And just the amount of separation he can create, like, I just kind of want him to be a gunner. I want him to catch, yep. sh- catch balls off driving kicks, hit a pump fake, shake somebody, step back, and pull threes. And yep. he's he's got that ability. Um Friend of the podcast, uh, Keandre, he runs Hoop Intellect. If you've ever watched his YouTube breakdown videos of prospects, which hopefully you have because he's incredible. He mentioned the other day, he said he can see some like Jordan Poole slash Darius Garland in Trey Mann. And I was like, ooh, music. Play play the sounder again, Silva. (laughs) Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. (laughs) I mean, if his ceiling is like a Jordan Poole type of guy, that's really, really good. 
Jordan really Bill's still like so, gunning for his ceiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the small shift I've made on a young guy. Hmm. Is there a small shift on a young guy that one of you guys have made so far? Jacob, we always talk about our our infamous pod, that just legendary <laughs> podcast that's lost up in the cloud. That was nobody the pod that was going to get us on ESPN. And that's right. Yes, it, it was that pod. Okay, and uh-huh. there was only a, a select like twenty people who tuned into the green room, and uh, we'll ever hear it. Those you people and I are very... enlightened now, like whenever you see the Buddha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They've ascended. They have an, they have an but here's the thing. Uh, there was a very large stretch of that segment where you and I were very, very high on one, uh, like say, Pokusevsky. And um, <laughs> maybe it's a good thing that pod didn't see the light of day because that those takes are not looking great so far. My opinion on Poku hasn't necessarily changed in the sense that like, I think he's an absolute bust and you know he, he's never going to make it in the NBA. But I do worry, especially after you know a full season of him apparently you know going through an offseason regimen and trying to put on weight, he just isn't strong, physically strong enough to play in the NBA right now, which is great for him to get that time in the blue. Uh, if he can like utilize some of those skills, I think to create some uh, separation and um, you know maybe that physicality doesn't mean as much, but. As it stands right now, I'm a little lower on Poku's ceiling, mainly just because, like, looking at his frame, and I, I just don't know if he can put on enough strength and size to be able to compete with some of these guys at the position he's going to be playing in, in the NBA. I'm kind of with you there, as far as not loving what we've seen from Poku at this point. And I, do you guys think it is a bad sign that he's going to have to get time? Not that he's going to have to. If he ends up playing a lot of games for the Blue this season, is that a bad sign? No. I, I don't think that's bad. I think what is bad is that Degdon doesn't trust him enough to give him just regular rotation minutes and just give him burn in games that don't really matter this season. Yeah. Right? Like you can give Giddy more minutes and let him develop, but like Poku isn't Poku only had some minutes tonight, right? I I, th- I think Poku Poku needs a rhythm. Um uh, we saw it last year how he looked night and day different after coming back from the G league bubble. And I just, I think it was rhythm. It was mm-hmm. getting a lot of minutes, getting a lot of freedom, getting a lot of usage. He's not getting any of those things right now. The G league may afford him that again. Also just more time may afford him that like he could just be a slow start. He's still the, one of the youngest players in the NBA, despite it being his second season. And he's coming off a summer where his primary focus, it sounds like, was putting on weight, eating not necessarily, not necessarily <laughs> like eat. working on basketball skills. So maybe that's a new offseason for him. So Fair. It, I understand like um, he hasn't been great, but I'm also like there's a lot of factors there, I think, for me, where it's still he's so raw. He's mm-hmm. so raw. Even his his highlight moments are still so raw. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's going to continue to be the theme for him. I think what I love about Poku is still the like unknownness of his future. It could, it still, do, it doesn't feel any clearer than it did really the day after Oklahoma City drafted him. Not mm-hmm. like... Some other That's guys a great point. where you start to kind of see like, okay, this is who he is. We have no idea who Poco is. And look, is like yet. he's still one of the youngest players, even in this year's draft class. And like, I think uh, Nick had a good tweet here a while back about like how he's not all that much older than like a Chet Holgram. So no, that's a really good point. Uh, he's two months older than Chet. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> that's wild. I know. That's wild. And Chet's about to be a yeah. freshman at Gonzaga. 
Yeah. Goodness. Well, right. I mean, he currently is a freshman. Right. Yeah, right, He's about right. to play but his still. freshman season of basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any other takes on on young guys? We got some Trey Mann stuff. We got some Alexei Pokashevsky stuff. We know my tail Maladone takes. My Roby stock is like <laughs> bottoming out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that was fair. interesting tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff from the young guys. I'm just excited. We've stressed this on the first few post-game pods. I want to stress it again here now. This season is not about wins and losses. Like, don't go to the Thunder subreddit and lose your damn mind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. This season is all about throwing young guys on the court and seeing what happens. What can they do and how do they look? Like, guys, I legit think around Christmas time we should do a special episode where we just we look at how the young guys are playing in like a, a four or five game sample size at Christmas versus these first three games. Hmm. And we do a comparison and we say, where have they grown and where are they still deficient at? And yeah. and I, I made the comparison the other night with Taylor um, from a teaching perspective. You know, you're measuring growth. You're, you're assessing somebody. You're giving them a test. That's kind of the test. See how much they've grown. And I think around Christmas time and then at the end of the season, we should do that to kind of evaluate where they're at because that's all that this season is about. Like they do not care if they go 0 and 82. Can you imagine? I love that analogy. And I yeah. think, it's I think tonight's happen, a perfect, but, yeah. right. <laughs> I think tonight outrage. was a perfect, like the perfect game to apply that to Jacob. Like again, we yeah. saw Josh Giddy just, I mean, play with some of the best, players in the league tonight right we saw him show that he belongs even as a young rookie um we saw sga get out of a quote-unquote slump we saw lou dort play some of his just absolute like top five player in the league perimeter defense tonight there's just there's a lot of great things to take from tonight's game i think we're uh to your point we're just going to have to continue to do that yeah each game you just have to be patient yep i mean people are Oh my God, look at what Memphis is doing. Look at what Jalen Green did tonight against Boston. Yep. What are the things? We'll, we'll do that too when we get a John Moran or a Jalen Green this it's, next trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a process, right? It is a process, and they are in it for the long haul. Go read the op ed in the Oklahoma again. Right. Go read the op ed and then just sit down and take a deep breath and know they're in it for the long haul. Go listen they, to Presti's comments for me. That's unfair. That is against the good nature of the NBA. The they should, should take a more, take all their draft picks away, and have to trade all their talent to my favorite NBA team. On they should take a more uh, integrity integrity filled approach, like luring stars to their big market city. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, be a front office that gets all the the top draft picks. Still sucks because they're so poorly mismanaged. Pisses and down their stuck leg in the middle, and then has and then has LeBron James fall in their lap. Yeah, go go be a good little smart uh, small market and, and go to the the middle of the NBA where you don't matter in our development. How dare I you try like and find to be the eleven seed every year? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be the Indiana Pacers. No, gentlemen. Before we move on to around the association, I know we're only three games in. We are like what, like five percent of the into the season, but. You know we got to do it. Every Sunday, oh, we got to do it. Loser! You're a loser! And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to... Silva. 
this is your first time on the tank meter, so you get to kick <laughs> us off. <laughs> Think of the tank meter like a gas meter, Silva, in your car. Okay. If the mm-hmm. tank is empty, that means the Thunder are gunning for a title. Okay. If okay. the tank is totally full, mm. that means number one pick is a lock. A lock. Okay. After okay. the first season, or first season, first week of the season, where's the Thunder's tank meter at? Is it three quarters of the way? Is it halfway? Is it all the way full? Where, where is that tank meter after the first week? If I drove a mile down the road to 7-Eleven, got an IC, drove back home, wherever my gas tank is at that point, that is where the Thunder are at. <laughs> okay, what kind of IC are you getting? Um, Probably the Dr. Pepper one, if I'm being honest. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since I've had an yeah. IC, but my go-to is the Cherry Limeade Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Solid, solid. Slurpees, I think of the Yeah, what they call them Slurpees. Yeah. Justin? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go finish up, Silva. No, I was going to say they've done everything they can at this point. Uh, I would prefer to lose games like we did tonight. Uh, I don't want to get blown out by Houston, who we also think is going to be uh, terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've done everything they've, they've done everything right so far to be bad. Justin, where's the tank at? One time I was getting gas and I saw <laughs> some some. Uh, how do I say this? Good old boy. Uh, at his like jacked up 350 that's probably <laughs> never touched a speck of dirt in his life. Um, I can't remember for sure if he had truck nuts, but he probably had truck nuts. Um, <laughs> he's filling up his truck. Was there in and my goodness, I mean, is there an American flag? <laughs> that thing is, uh, I mean, hitting triple digits on the dollar meter, it's filling all the way up, and then he hits the handle a few more times but he just keeps going and keeps going (laughs) and at this point i can't look away and i think my pump had stopped but i'm still eyes locked on this guy and it literally started overflowing (laughs) like he's holding it down and like i see the gas start to come out and he's like and like (laughs) puts it up that's the thunder tank meter right now um after the first three games that's as as tanky as tanky can be I don't think there's another way to spin it. It is what it is. Very good. Taylor, where's the yeah. tank at? I was about to say, just simply because it's the uh, the first week of the season, uh, I, I was about to say, uh, you know, I think maybe the tank's overflowing. It's not quite overflowing yet, but we're 100% full. Haven't even, like, driven off the the lot or the uh, uh, the gas station we're still parked there in the slot and we uh haven't used any gas yet and we're very very close to the great analogy that that justin used those are my very good. like my highlight of every podcast during the season i uh justin's analogies <laughs> <laughs> i think we got to give it some time before we call it a full tank like we're not the tank is full and we're loading up some gas canisters and putting them in the bed of the truck. Give in to the hot take, Jacob. Put, pouring all the gas into the styrofoam cooler. Plastic Walmart. We aren't like, decisions. we aren't putting bubble wrap on Shay and like, yeah, get it yet. But you don't have to, cause we don't have a center. True. True. <laughs> That's the beauty so, of this season. True. But I will tell shit. you, I will tell. So I don't think the tank is all the way full yet, but I think Sam Presti spent the entire summer building like the world's biggest gas tank like that that son of a bitch can hold like a thousand gallons of gas he's like been welding it together he's ready to go like 
this gas tank is so big it's gonna like he's gonna store so much gas it's gonna put like bp out of, out of business and like, that's why all these other franchises are so jealous they're jealous of our large gas tank. He's trying to fill it up. But with with that being said, I do want to remind our listeners, the Thunder keep their own pick this year as long as it falls between picks 1 and 14. So if the Thunder make the playoffs, they don't get their own pick. Don't think we got to worry about that. But that pick uh, would would transfer to the Atlanta Hawks in the Carmelo Anthony for Dennis Schroeder trade. Uh, If the Thunder do keep their own pick, they give up two future second-round picks to Atlanta. The Thunder also get the Los Angeles Clippers unprotected first round pick this year. Um, the hope is that that falls into the lottery. We'll see. It's way too early to kind of tell for the Clippers. Paul George has played well, but the rest of that roster hasn't looked great. The Thunder will get the Detroit Pistons pick only if it falls 16 or worse, which is not likely to happen. That means Detroit would be like the seventh seed in the East. Just don't see that happening this year. So I don't think the Detroit pick will convey. The Phoenix Suns pick likely will convey. It is protected 1 through 12. So as long as it falls 13 through 30, the Thunder will get the Phoenix Suns pick. That looks like it will happen. And there's one more pick they get, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, Is it the Denver Nuggets pick that they get this year? Do any of you guys know? I don't <laughs> too, or, too early in the season to have. Uh, no, it's th- there. It's only four, and the last one is that Pistons pick. So, okay. mo- more than likely, the Thunder end up with three picks this year. I think we'd all assume that that Phoenix pick probably falls between like twenty-two or twenty-three and thirty, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in reality, like the safe bet is that Clippers pick probably lands between like fifteen and twenty. Right, But hey, as long as if that pick gets in the lottery, that's all you need. You just need a couple lottery balls to fall your way. Yep. Absolutely. And then the Thunders pick has a very strong chance of being a solidified top five pick if they have the worst record in the NBA. God bless. Which it looks like that is going to happen. So Heard the tank before. is important this year because there are three picks <laughs> on the table for OKC. I'm picturing Presty like building this massive gas tank like Tony Stark in the first uh, Iron Man <laughs> in a cave somewhere, welding like, pieces of metal together. I love it. <laughs> it's like these pictures of draft picks like in his, <laughs> in the background. There's Chet. There's Paulo. Uh, oh, look, there's baby. Giddy. <laughs> Giddy Shrine. <laughs> uh, Silva, I think it is time to take us on a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at, but- nice gentlemen we are going to do a fast paced fire them off around the table quick fire around the association. I've got four questions for you. I'm going to drop a question. Uh, each of you drop your quick answer, and then we'll spend two minutes discussing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. I like how many times you outlined the rules for Taylor. Fast, <laughs> quick. <laughs> quick, as fast as you possibly could. Like One speed. word, maybe two. In this essay, I will. <laughs> so let me give you my top five. Taylor, most Taylor never had a problem hitting order. a word count limit, did he? No, never. Never. All right. I always, my issue was always like trying to cut down on pages to make. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Silva, we're starting yeah. off with you. Team that has surprised you the most so far. I'm kind of feeling the uh, Hornets. Super fun. Damn okay. you. Yeah. Very good. They're Justin. Super fun. Let's go with the Wizards. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Okay. I, Taylor? 2-0. and oh. I, I don't think I would have guessed 2-0 for the Wizards. Man. Okay, so uh, the Hornets were my team. Bulls kind of expected. So let's go ahead and say the Bucks, just based off that first game alone. When they are healthy, looked awesome. All right. My team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh. Ow. I like it. 2-0, Ant Edwards looks legit. Yeah. I know y'all saw really, him hit really the three good. and then look at the Houston bench and say, call that timeout because I'm yeah. cooking. He Love told it. Silas to call a timeout. Cat <laughs> has it. been feasting. I think they're looking pretty good. That is a great pick. Great pick. Uh, honorable mention. Can we throw the Sacramento Kings in here? Mm. Why not? Yeah. One-on-one. Sacramento Kings one and one. Davion Mitchell looks. Davion Mitchell looks legit. He's good. Off night. My my guy Hallie has been great. There's been some De'Aaron Fox All Star buzz already on some national podcasts. I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes there. But (laughs) they've got a little bit of a squad. Now, can they not Kings it up? We'll see. Next question. We're starting with Justin on this one. Most disappointing team so far. Lakers. It's got to be Lakers. I think it's pretty easy on that one. Taylor, do you have another team besides the Lakers? I'd agree with Lakers, but uh, I think another one up there is their longtime rival, the Celtics, right? Like they're one and two. Jalen Brown looked great, even with an injury that he was battling. Uh, but I think our, you know, not even really their best player, Jason Tatum, like hasn't looked great so far this season. Silva, who are you going with? The Pelicans. They are I was gonna, the Pelicans as well. Oh and yeah. three. Oh and three. Looks really bad. Will Zion yeah. ever play? Because <laughs> yeah. he needs a prosthetic in good condition. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they made a lot of very questionable offseason moves. But let's let's spend a moment, Justin, on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Was the writing on the wall all along? <laughs> Lots of Russ hate. I mean, uh, we Lots made the joke. Hate. We made the joke. 
of hey this feels a lot like the uh steve nash dwight howard this is gonna be fun sports illustrated lakers Mm -hmm. hey not to cut you off real quick but speaking of dwight howard Got into little, it with a little AD bit there. of beef with Dwight well, Scuffle as well. Mm-hmm. It can't be because of his placement on the seventy-five. List, it has right? to be. It has to be. <laughs> I love it. I refuse to believe any it. other narrative. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a it's a rough, uh, it's a rough situation for the Lakers. It's a strange roster with a bunch of old dudes. Um, they they can absolutely figure it out. Like like we said, it's three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Russ starts slow, so that's that's normal. But can they can they figure it out enough that they are firing on all cylinders? I think that's the question. They're going to figure it out. They're not going to be this bad all season. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be this bad all season at all. Can they be the favorite? Can they play at the level of the favorite? Yeah is the question. Here's the thing. I don't think they're this bad, but I think their ceiling is much lower than what a lot of people hyped it up to be. This yeah. feels yeah. good point. This feels very very Lakers arrogance to me. Hey, we're just going to go get all these big names and throw them on a team and there's no like logistic roster construction. I mean, go Russell's look at screenshots lost. from the Lakers versus um Golden State game on opening night. I mean, all five Golden State defenders have a foot in the paint because who are you worried that's going to hit an open jumper? And the Rondo opposite. and Russ can shoot every time down the court. That is, every team that defends the Lakers are just going to pack bodies in the paint and say, please, Rondo and Russ, shoot 30 times and a game. And the opposite. Like, we t- always have talked about Russ's defense, right? But, like, there was plenty of times, not just with Russ, but the Lakers team in general where – uh, there were screenshots of Warriors players just wide open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like there's when the best shooter on your team is LeBron James. That's not good. I mean, Go Le- get, LeBron James is a good healed. Yeah. Go get Buddy healed. Go get Buddy. It's, I just, the roster construction is very poor, I think. Mm-hmm. Silva, you're way too early MVP. Hmm. I, so I picked Kevin Durant early. Don't know if I want to say that just yet. Probably say Giannis. Okay. At this point. I think that's fair. Giannis won me some money in daily fantasy on opening night. <laughs> Helps to have 13 and nine in the first quarter. No kidding. Taylor, you're way too early MVP. This might be cheating just because both of these teams are here first in their respective uh, conferences, but I'm pretty torn between Zach Levine and Steph Curry, but I think jaw jaw, uh, it deserves a little honor, honorable oh, mention here. That feels kind of hot. Justin, who's your you guy? Tearing it up. Uh, one Stephen Wardell Curry. Yeah, is my two early MVP. Well. He's looks good. Twenty five. Isn't Stephen Curry? What? <laughs> isn't Wardell his first name? Or am I making that up? I, I think that is up. his first name. Oh, oh he, he might be right. Did oh, Taylor get a name it, thing right? Wardell. Wow. What? Uh, yeah, no. possible. We'll, get to, we'll get to see it up close and personal. <laughs> Wait, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, they play the Warriors on Tuesday. Yeah, correct. Oh, back to back Warriors Lakers. Oof. Yeah. Oof. You want a really hot take? So we'll fire up the take. The take uh, sound. I don't know if you have one. Oh shit! Here we go again. They're gonna beat the Lakers Wednesday night. Oh. Wow. <laughs> 
one and four lost to the 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 Warriors win versus wow. the Lakers. Ooh, man. I'm, for it. I'm not buying that. Dwight Howard gets 20 and 30. Yeah. <laughs> so I can have a back to back. He can be the Dwight he wants to be. They have heavy like, legs. Exactly. No, I don't think Dwight gets 20 and 30, but I think uh, Anthony Davis will. I think they feast. both will. Anthony Davis will feast. It's going to be hard for Anthony for. Davis to feast with Jeremiah Robinson I need Earl a, guarding him. I need to do some. Yeah, that's fair. I need <laughs> you look good. I need to do some, uh, some research and see what the, the worst worst loss to start the season is coming are with the question of the night who packs the inside of something more people that work at the taxidermy or defenses <laughs> against the lakers <laughs> my preference is to be taxidermied when i die wow, wow. You can make that Jacob hanging up above your fireplace <laughs> both yeah would, fingers would you like to be air. full like full body or like oh a yeah head mounted erection and everything nope <laughs> nope Last one for that. It's a coat rack. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Who's the best rookie so far? Josh Giddy. Duh. Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte Evan has Mobley. Duarte. Evan Mobley's Evan been Mobley. good as well. I love Mobley. God, I wish love he was on our team. Mobley. Some people might say Jalen Green after tonight. I'm taking Jaylen the Homer Green. pick with Justin. We're going Joshua. Josh has been fantastic. I'm excited. Our boy Giddy has been good. I'm glad his leg is not in five pieces yeah. after Embiid fell on him. <laughs> awesome. Uh, gentlemen, any more thoughts before we get out of here? I feel slighted by Houston's rookie success. Shengun, I don't want to see. Shengun I don't want to see it. really good. Jalen okay, Green, uh, oh my God, if he would have actually dunked that the other night oh against my, us. Dude. Little, little chess. We would have had painting. to put Muscala in 